Hello, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. This is Authentic Voice, Ulrich Bonefeld. Second part because of instable interaction, uh, connection in the internet. So I go on to talk with my guest, could be Johnson. I uh, was middle in the discussion about what's, what brought us to uh, this moment in life we are in and it was all the little decisions all the big ones the choices we take on the road to learn from life to master life so could now we have done together or we i'm still doing and uh, the uh, brian rose broadcast yourself and uh, this connects us this connection came through this so for me, it's important to, to speak about what is the change we are going through in this time. We learn a lot. We have to choose a lot. We have to percept uh, in another way and mm -hmm. opportunities are opening. So what is your vision for this wonderful time of change? Um. You know, when you, you hit on a couple key words that, that I like to use a lot. And I started out maybe three or four years ago doing what I call a mindful Monday for my business on Facebook, even though I get nervous about putting myself out there. And mindful Monday is simply you can't be happy all week if you don't start on Mondays. If you choose to be happy, life is choice. And so that interaction just doing that through my business people started liking sharing and I noticed the increase in my business just by putting that out so part of that's also why I got into wanting to learn to podcast so I can interview with people like you that we have a, a same like-mindedness and we're all being an advocate for change and we realize that there's something new evolving and a new paradigm's coming and um I I uh I chose the name Change Point for my podcast because, you know, that I felt this change. And um, I kind of drifted away from podcasts in the last three months because I had to open the business. And I thank you for getting me back into it because this is my first podcast, you know, maybe my second one since the class ended. And, and um, I've been planning on getting back in and doing it. So here we are. Um, change point kind of the, the slogan for it you know you make changes when your uh discomfort how is it when you uh when your desire to change becomes greater than your desire to stay the same and that's a lot what you voiced when you're at your 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 change point do i want to stay or do i want to go you know so your desire to change became greater than your desire to stay the same and that's how we do make changes, you know? So um, I forget where I was going with it, but I mean, that's, you, you hit on a couple key words that just struck a chord with me of what has mo motivated me that life is choice, you know what I mean? And that uh, change is choice. And um, I think we're coming through a paradigm where the old paradigm was, we basically die from fear, yet we live to love. And I feel the new paradigm is that we live to love and we love to live and, and we're embracing that and not allowing fear to control our decision-making as much. 
you know, through shame, guilt, lack, limitation, we're just authentically saying, hey, I'm choosing this way. And, and this is what I want to bring into my life. And I remember um, I worked with a, a shaman, I think kind of famous shaman, Layout of Rasul. And she does a lot with, with energy and she used to heal with Buddha and she's done a lot. And in the end of her meetings, she would always say this word in Lakesh. And I was writing my book. I, it was titled The Forgiveness of Fear. It was a dead title. I turned it into Hay House as a writer's workshop. But at the same time, I'm asking her this question. I was writing in there about, um, about namaste, you know? So I look at a, the world as an electric universe, you know, love and fear creating movement. Neither one's bad or good. They need to work together. And, um, and namaste, you know, oh, I see this beautiful, you know, the oneness of God that's with you is also within me, namaste. But if you're gonna have that, you're gonna have to have negative namaste. Oh, I see the screwed up mess that's within you that's also within me. So coincidentally, when I asked Leota, I said, what does Inlikesh mean, you know, from a shaman point? And it comes from South America, and it's a traditional thing that simply says, I see me and you. I see all of you. You know, so that's kind of the negative namaste and the, the positive namaste. It's I just see, all, you know, you and me. And it, it was a, a cool thing to witness from a a shaman's perspective and, and from my perspective, an electrical universe, and they're very synchronistic and similar, you know? Um, so I, heard, I heard, let me say uh, what it reminds me, I heard uh, Ascended Master Kutumi speak about sometimes namaste. And he said, uh, no mistake, namaste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No mistake, namaste. It's a no mistake that we now open to see the divine in, in the you and the uh, divine in me. And uh, this makes the change, the big change uh, um, happening. This is the, the cause, if we want to say it's uh, when we speak about truth and, and love and, and such things, uh, not as an idea, not as an intellectual uh, something or religion, but as an experience in our life. So mm. uh, it, it's, it's nothing if it's not experienced. And then I heard another quote from another master saying, uh, the life on earth, it's just an experience. Sasha Ma said this one day, it's all an experience. You, yeah. you can choose to, to, to say it was good or bad, but it's for the soul, for the I am being, it's all just an experience. Yeah. But it, uh, it's different what we choose, what, what uh, experience we are going through, isn't it? Yeah. And I, you know, one of the, I love quotes and I, and uh, one of the ones I came up with for like a dress code for Chabucks, for Chabucks would be to come dressed with the experience you choose to have and leave what you don't want behind. You know what I mean? And Because life is choice. And, and when you're expecting an experience you don't want, more than likely you're gonna get it. And for some reason, we always <clears throat> focus on what we don't want. You know what I mean? The more I complain, the more I get the same is one of my quotes I use on Mindful Mondays. Absolutely. So just in that energy and you attract more of the same.
Absolutely. If you if you go in fear, you create fear. Mm -hmm. And and also if yeah, and, and I think also if you're open to the fact that fear is okay, it's it's your friend. It's here to assist you like a guidance system to let you know whether you're on track or off track. I heard Greg Braden speak once and he was talking about um, how many corrections you have to make to get for a ship to get from here to the moon. You know, and it's constantly correcting. If you're off a hundredth of an inch when you leave the earth, if you don't make any corrections, you're gonna miss the moon by a lot, you know, a huge amount. And I just look at those constant corrections, the puff of air that you have to get to get corrected is just fear. You know what I mean? And that assists you to realign and if you go too far, it's hard to come back and realign if you get too far off the path. You know what I mean? So yeah. you, it's kind of a guidance system for me and not in a perfect way, but I mean, it, it's like you said, it, it's an experience. You know, we, we know, we all know what it feels like to um, be in self-doubt, you know what I mean? And to be um, self-critical and, and uh, it just seemed to, compound as you stay in that state of energy you know and you have all these different like watching a funny movie you can shift your mood you know there's all these different tools of tapping EFT and uh, emotional freedom technique and um, just meditating eye movements we were talking about that you know early and um, just the reset and um so there's, you know, you can choose, you know, you don't have to stay in a bad mood. And sometimes that's your comfort zone. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people um, are afraid of the unknown. They're afraid to be successful. And sometimes that fear holds you back from living a full authentic life just because that's what you're used to. You know? and, and not to have that, whatever limiting beliefs you have, you, you seem to always go back to them because that's what you know, you know, <laughs> you know. I know, you know, I know, yes, <laughs> we know, we know, yeah. uh, we all know, I think, and uh, passing this to the listener, if there is one, <laughs> hello, <laughs> you know, and this is uh, important for me this time, we all know, we had all our good and bad experience or the ugly moments as well as the happy moments. And, uh, but now we've grown up to this consciousness more and more, what we call awake, to be aware that it's not, uh, uh, we, we cannot uh, resolve it by blaming others. We, as you said, and, and, and Brian mentioned in, in the class, uh, to, own, to own it totally. And um, I, I didn't know the word. I have to look up the, the word and the meaning to own it. But for me, it was to take responsibility, but to own it, it it's more just to, to eat it all, to eat your life and digest it all and, and, and shit it all and go through the pro process. And I had to say, I have done it and to, to feel fine with it. So I will, mention your book uh, was a new message for me uh, to hear uh, you are writing a book since 20 years <laughs> well I, I started it was probably around um, 2012 that I decided that I should put my life experiences and share it in a book 
And it was, um, I, I went to Colorado because Greg Braden was speaking at a writer's workshop. And I thought, you know, if I want to write a book, I don't know anything about it. Who am I to be able to write a book, especially not that long ago, I read at a third grade reading level. You know what I mean? And, and I decided, so I went to the writer's workshop to learn what is in the book industry because I know nothing about it. And I'm not a, a writer. It, it, writing's a talent. I mean, it's a discipline um, to tell a story is one thing. I think I'm good at telling a story, but I think eventually I'm gonna need a ghost writer. You know what I mean? That actually is in that profession. I can give them all the bricks they need to build the house. You know what I mean? And But there's a structure and there's a flow necessary with a book. And the, the title I chose for it was The Forgiveness of Fear. And, and it's a dead title, but it's not catchy. You know what I mean? But I'm not an author. I don't know these things. I know a little bit about advertising and promotion because I've been in business so long. But uh, the title truly means is to forgive the fear that gave rise to the action you know, is the purpose that there's two energies that create movement, love and fear. And by forgiving the fear that gave rise to the action, you don't have to personally forgive someone of their action. You can forgive the action of which it came about, you know, and a lot of our negative actions and perceptions are developed at a very young age. You know, whether you're, you know, your, your parents, you know, you wanted something, they said, well, you don't deserve that, you know, and I remember I was raised on shame and guilt, you know, what are the neighbors going to think, you should be embarrassed to yourself, shame on you, Kurt, why did you, you know what I mean, and, and so those things are really create limitation and embarrassment, you know, and, and so in the book, I wanted to describe and talk more about, you know, how fear and love create movement, and even, you know, you can go back into original sin. You know, I was raised a, a Lutheran and, and there was, you know, heaven and hell, you know, and if you behave good, you're going to make it into heaven. And if not, you're, God's going to punish you for being such a bad person, you know. And when I truly looked through the lens of love and fear creating movement, when I took a look at original sin, I mean, I truly don't think you can sin without fear because the definition of sin is missing the mark. So the only way I could rationalize with this new vision I had of missing the mark would be through fear. You know, that's what separates you from love, the divine truth. Most religions believe that God is love and love is God. You know, and when you feel God, you feel love. So that's the energy of choice. So when you look at original sin, uh, when Adam and Eve bit in the fruit of knowledge, uh, the first thing they experienced was the separation to embarrassment. They realized they were different. So they literally clothed themselves in leaves of fear, in my opinion. And living a life being clothed in leaves of fear is kind of like not getting the full experience. You know, it's kind of like trying to have sex with your clothes on. You can get really close, but you don't get that full experience. I don't mean that in a perverted way. So, I mean, that's the way that as I've evolved and understood this energy within me process of fear and love creating movement and the fear, forgiveness of fear is simply a return to love. It's the outgoing and the return, just like a battery. So the first vision I had was when I was 20 and I was in Texas and I was really tore up because I was, uh, my mom was encouraging me to find a church, 
and that, you know, you have to go to church every Sunday, like I, the way we raised you. And I was in conflict with that, you know, and I would go out and drink and I was only 18 when I, when we rode our motorcycles down there. And I just remember one night I was in such conflict that, you know, how am I supposed to love a God I'm supposed to fear? I mean, this just doesn't make sense. And I came home in a drunken stupor and I rip open my Bible and it goes right to John 3, 16, for God so loved. I closed it. I didn't have to read anymore. And in that moment, I said, God, I'm going to choose to love you. And if you want to put me in eternal damnation for loving you, so be it. And at that moment, at the young age, I was probably 20 at the time. Um, that's the way my life started to unfold, you know, and, um, and that's where I had done shortly after that experience, you know, I had that ahead of time about this fear and love. I had done some ecstasy and it's, it's kind of a psychedelic and where it was legal at the time in, in Dallas, Texas, you could get them at the bar and then everyone would just drink water and the bar wasn't making money, but legally, I mean, you'd go in and I was shy. And the bars, the ecstasy made me more friendly and I wasn't afraid to uh, talk and dance with the girls, you know? So eventually, um, I, uh, oh, you're back. Um, so eventually I had, uh, this experience. I went home and I, I just, uh, was like in a meditation. I went quite a few days without sleep, but I just had this clear vision that like from the auto mechanics training I had that life was like a, a battery. There's a positive pole and a negative pole. And that, you know, love is the positive pole and fear is the negative and all these things under. And it was such an epiphany that I had that experience, that reality that, um, and that's where I first tapped into that philosophy I had, you know, and I was in such a state of euphoric and it's inevitable to really explain the state that I was in that I didn't want to leave it so after four or five days without sleep and trying to explain the spiritual experience I had to other people eventually I wound up in uh, a mental institution and I went to two weeks in um, Parkland State Hospital and I wound up in the system, you know, because I was explaining things that no one wanted to hear. They thought I was nuts. And one thing led to another. And, and then when I went into North Parkland or uh, Terrell, Texas, which is the state hospital, I don't remember eating there. So I went from 165 pounds to 111 pounds in less than four or five weeks. And by the time my parents got down there to get me out, um, my mom didn't recognize me and my mom was deaf and my dad drove down to get my belongings and, uh, you know, they would, I was committed to like 90 days and, um, my parents literally escaped me from there. And my mom recollection was she couldn't believe I was behind five locked doors to get to me. And I did nothing violent. You know what I mean? I just had this spiritual experience. I wanted to explain, you know, life is electric. It's like a battery and, and so eventually they, they were able to get down and um, I was sleeping probably 21 out of 24 hours a day. I was on 
a lot of different, a few different medications. So I don't know, it's hard to tell the whole story, but I just remember my mom had to fly home with me and she couldn't hear. And I had to go to the bathroom and you know what I mean? She was worried I'd disappear. And then she remembers sitting there looking at me like I was a POW and I'd lost so much weight. She wasn't sure if she was really bringing her son, home, you know? So that's how I lost the year of my life. But that experience really has opened up once I got through all the, the drugs, the medication, my best friend died, who is telling me, get off these meds, it's wrong, it's not you. And he died of leukemia in a okay. short period of time. And at that point, I made a choice like you. I said, God, if- Do you, you hear want... this sound? I don't know what it's- Yeah. It's your phone? I have no phone here. It's, it's something in the- Not on either. And I'm directly connected. But we'll go with it. It's part of the show now. <laughs> yes. So, so, so uh, literally, I was at a point like you when you, you said that, you know what I mean? Um, if I'm going to stay, I want to live fully. So, again, I said to God, and they told me that if I got off my meds abruptly that I would die. My heart would go into and my dad was a physical therapist that believed every person in a white suit, you know, no matter where they got educated, they all knew what they were doing. You know, all doctors are educated. It's the same education. He believed in the system. He told me if I ever got off my meds, he would just drop me off in Warren State Hospital and forget about me. So I had that fear of getting off my meds that, that you know what I mean? So when my best friend died, I quit taking my meds and I didn't tell anyone for three months. And um, at the point, it was the night that I found out my friend died. I said, God, if you want me, take me, but I'm not gonna live my life on these meds. So if you want me, take me, if not, let me live a normal life. And, um, and I did. And it was maybe three or four weeks after that, my friend Todd Nelson uh, was home from, <clears throat> just gotten out of college needed help tearing a house down. Uh, he was a brick mason, but took a job to tear a house down that was burnt so they could rebuild it. And it was like, he put a hammer in my hand and I all of a sudden was like Thor, I knew what I was doing. <clears throat> I started functioning. I learned how to read by reading blueprints. And the guy that had hired him to tear the house down said, man, I, this guy's a good worker. Can I hire him? You know, and it just all of a sudden my life just came back. But I was at that change point, you know, God, take me. I'm fine with that. I'm getting off these meds. If I die, so be it. Otherwise, I'm going to live a normal life. And I was fortunate enough. I'm still here and, you know, and living a somewhat normal life, I guess. <laughs> could, could this, this gives me, I say, goose bubbles. It's called goosebumps, but I like goose bubbles. Yeah. Goosebumps. Uh, it's this moment I had also in my life, this moment of you hand over your life to, to source or God, what, what you want to call it. And you realize that you are heard and uh, that you are in a good way guided uh, and you can more and more trust in this. Mm. I think this is the key now for this time in this change to what 
uh, came to me when I, the night when I decided uh, uh, to, to do the uh, broadcast yourself with Brian Rose, I was sitting down and I was uh, asking, should I do it or not? And, and then I looked at the name, London Real, London Real. And I said, no, I'm real, I'm real, I'm real. And then it came down such a, a stream of energy on me. Yeah. And it was, I am real, this is the name of my, it will grow a broadcast company. It will, I will make under these names, podcast, broadcast, whatever, films, whatever will come. But it was, uh, I am real is uh, what I am. I'm real, I'm not fake, I'm, I'm real. And this I am is not the little person I am, Ulrich, but it's the divine I am. Mm. And, uh, yeah. I, I feel that, that now we step out of the old perception and uh, the time of uh, <clears throat> networking will come. To me, it came up the word team up, team up, team up, <laughs> the last days. So in, in ways we are, sharing our ideas and it, it's not only sharing words. I like your mindful Monday, never have been there, but it feels so good uh, to start the week with a mindful Monday and, and, and yeah. share ideas. And what I see and what I like is to grow in not, not only speaking, but doing. Doing and, and uh, doing for the good and the beauty, bring the beauty and the truth in 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 an honest simple way yeah taking authentic action yes so my name was authentic voice and uh, in the conversation with david hofmeister a few days ago i realized that uh, intuition i did a tv series in germany on intuition uh, intuition the inner knowing i call it mm. it's it's your uh, authentic voice it's not okay. only the authentic voice I'm speaking out of my mouth, it's the authentic voice I'm feeling, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm being, and it's the authentic voice uh, inside giving me the name. So it was given to me authentic voice uh, and uh, I'm real. And this connection, reconnection with soul leads me to uh, your book, because I also started to write a book and it was about choice making and uh, it was uh, uh, also not good enough in my opinion. So I, I walked to a class, I did a class on let the book written by your soul. It was fantastic. And mm -hmm. uh, I trust in this that my soul will tell me not only the names for my podcast and broadcast company, but she can dictate the whole book, if I'm ready, yeah. will come through. I think this is the, new, the new time now to, to work together with divine forces, angels, masters, and your higher self, your soul self, however you call it. Yeah, I, and for me, just the act of writing a book, it, it gave me some quiet time and space as much as it was difficult. And I would curl up and throw the 
every day I'd write, I wrote that, it doesn't make sense and throw it away, throw it away. You know, it's a, it's a process. You know what I mean? You start out with an extremely rough draft. You need to just write to write, but it also opened me up and made me more clear on my, my life, my story, how it's unfolding and how to not get all nerved up in the time of crisis, because there's, there's an opportunity for growth every time. So even if the book never gets published, it's just taking that quiet time to go within deep and start allowing that inner voice to, to get on a piece of paper, you know, and. And maybe could, it will be a bestseller. Why, why talking about it? <laughs> it will right. be published, 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 published. I heard uh, last week, published, published, published. Oh, Brian, uh, so great on that. Just to do it every day, do a, you know, vlog or a blog and just, Stay with it. He's right. Yeah. And I, uh, what I uh, saw in my writing, it was a good time to reflect on your ideas and your feelings, to do this reflection daily and uh, on, if not daily, but uh, as often you can, uh, helps to, to have insights. You, you, you will not have if you not reflect your inner being stay in contact with your inner being right and you know also writing the book i never would have thought of doing a mindful monday vlog for shaw books facebook you know or if i hadn't started writing and organizing some of my thoughts in a way that um could be understood you know a lot of these spiritual experiences that we have there's really no words to really explain what that experience was. So it's my friend pointed ineffable, you know, and I wasn't sure what the word means. Just words can't explain that experience, you know. And I've heard Bruce Lipton speak on that. You know, he says, well, what does chocolate taste like? You know, it's an experience. You really can't fully explain it, you know, and, and words, a lot of times words box things in to where they build barriers to where you're really never going to get the full meaning the more you get locked into words and trying to yeah I, I was also aware about this and, uh, and and then stopped writing because i i don't want to box in the experience yeah. on the other hand i trust now that uh being close with my experience i'm just pointing to your experience Mm -hmm. uh, and if we now share forth and back our experience in life and what is important to us and where we uh, listen to and guide it through and all this, uh, what is all, all uh, the need to do podcasts? I think we, we are sitting around the fireplace, uh, the, the fire, and we share experiences. And we say, oh, yes, that happened to me too. And yeah, how to go on from this point and, and things like this. And uh, I think that it's worth to do it in these times on this way and to come up with ideas. So I want to ask you, I heard you have a new partner and uh, I want to hear something about your vision for your... Yeah. Can you, can you tell me uh, in a word, short word, how the name came to you, this Shawbox? Yes, um, Shawbox is actually, well, 
my uh, great uncle's nickname. He was born in 1903, Clarence Olson. And um, he was an alcoholic his whole life. My whole family, you know, drank a lot. And during prohibition in the 20s and 30s, they moonshined. And his name came about because they were uh, um, farmers and whatnot, and they needed wood. They needed wood to make their, you know, moonshine. They needed wood for the farm and all that. So when they'd go out to get his job every day was to grab the buck saw and not forget it. So after having a few drinks, they said, hey, don't forget the Shaw buck. Boom, now that's his nickname. So, it, uh, and he was always the neatest guy. I mean, growing up, he died when I was like seven or eight years old. And he would show up at Christmas and give us seven grandnieces and nephews a silver dollar. And that was probably 30, 50% of his net worth, you know? It was about that time I was learning about the woman that donated a penny that was, you know, to the church back. And so he always meant something to me. And then when he passed away, he was a, a medic in World War II, like at the age of 40 and saw a lot of action. And he left his only possession to me, which was a samurai sword. So it was a deep connection with me and Chaba, you know? And I just thought that that was a unusual name, you know what I mean? And, and uh, I was at Roswell Park getting chemo and I was in that energy, you know, of creativity and just being open to whatever name. And for some reason, it just dropped on me that night that, you know, Shawbox would be a cool name for a bar. And so that's where the name came from. We, will, we will meet someday in, in your bar. I have to yeah. come to New York, yes. And so Shawbox is a, a three-story building. You can see the, the walls are brick. It was originally a, a journal press building and they'd have 20, 30,000 pounds of machines in here for printing. Whoa. Built in 1928, uh, it was designated as a bomb shelter during World War II. The roof's even concrete. You know, you can see the, that's the roof of the building right there and it's concrete. So it's, it's literally a solid building and I've never been able to get into the upper floors because the expenses of a, a you know, you got to have an elevator and you got to have all these different things. And it just seems that I can get up here now. And what I've always wanted to do was this mindful eatery project, you know, diet of food, thought and environment, being mindful of what gives you energy and takes it away. And it just so happens in our group that with our uh, broadcast yourself, everyone was on the same page, the same energy in our whole group. And I hope we still get back keeping together on Tuesdays. But Vilmar from South Africa, Pinar has a business called Plenitude. And they're actually using the sciences and everything that I wanna bring into my business, they're actually doing it. And I'm basically the experiencer, but they know how this whole process works with live blood testing, with diet, with uh, thought. They even work with a digital psychologist. They work with MDs. And he would love to partner with me, him and his partner, Johan. So hopefully in September, they're going to come here and, and we're going to partner up and have a plenitude within the Shaw Books building and just build on this same energies that you and I have been talking about. Uh, Vilmar's 30 years old with the knowledge that I have at 56, all the school of hard knocks I've gone through to get here, 
here's Vilmar at the age of 30 with all this understanding and knowledge that you and I both been bumping our heads against the wall. So um, I look forward to partnering with them and developing and, and bringing plenitude into the, the Jamestown, New York Shaw Books building. And, and then also creating a, a space for podcasting. You know, he has the plenitude voice. We could bring your podcast. You could visit and line up people from your space. I could only imagine having like a Russell Brand visit Jamestown because it's a national comedy center. And then I could give him a studio that he could use here. Maybe you even do a podcast to a live audience and record it, you know, or Joe Rogan or even Woody Harrelson's into this movement. You know, they're all here and ready to move where we need a location that all people can come and, and express their, express themselves, you know. Wonderful idea. I can feel the energy. I can see it already. And I'm honored to be part of it. And uh, that's what I spoke before. Uh, the time of teaming up uh, connection in networks and not only talk about good ideas, but to, to make it happen. You know, and I, I can't, you know, thank you to Brian Rose for developing the broadcast yourself, but then also, you know, uh, Christina, Kimberly, and all the, the people that teach us classes are holding this energy for all of us to get together. They're all striving for that same thing. And what drew me to Brian Rose was, well, he had Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden, Joe Dispenza on his show that I'm like, hey, this guy's all right. And I would follow David Icke. You know, I wouldn't believe every single thing that David Icke said, but the guys really tapped in and tuned on to this uh, energy and change more about pointing out what's wrong people know him for, but he really has a good vision and his voice needs to be heard. And when YouTube and everyone banned him, you know, I, I, I wanted to support Brian for still showing the podcast. And that's why originally I started out with um, joining his uh, business accelerator, you know, instead of, you know, and, and I wanted to participate in protecting the freedom of speech and whether it's right or someone saying right or wrong or whatever, we need to have the freedom to speak, you know, and to be in the energy of wanting to learn and, and be able to express yourself and to, and to discover the truth. Because I think there is a truth energy on the planet. The truth always surfaces, you know what I mean? And, and I think this energy of truth is here to stay and it's just getting started it appears to be but i think it's way further along than we realize it, it started and and the word the uh, the truth will set you free uh, uh it's it, it's true i think uh gary renard i will have on my show on my podcast uh, on friday he said uh, but first it pisses you off <laughs> truth is something <laughs> If yeah. it's really your truth and you you go with your truth and you how you say in English you you walk your talk yes you you yes yeah. uh, what I wanted to say with authentic voice it, it's authentic life yes it's it's uh, authentic being uh, I feel that uh, you are right on this uh, change point you called your. Um, podcast and uh, hopefully you go on. I like the name from the beginning, Change Point. And uh, 
what I hear now is with this new partner and these issues will, these are basic issues I would say is we learn about energy and consciousness, awareness and self-awareness. So what really is good for us? What is nourishing us? What doesn't? What is fake? What is true? Not as an idea, but as an uh, uh, experience in, in yeah. soul and body and spirit. And so I can I can see you you're on a good track with your new business. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. And and my ultimate goal is to uh, make it more of a unity, a community center. You know what I mean? And I think there's a number of us that are realizing that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. You know, and I think that's opening us up to, you know, I, it's kind of goofy saying, but I, I, I believe there's three types of peoples on the planet. There's, there's sleepers who are asleep to the fact that you know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience and they're not aware that their thoughts create their reality, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And then you move on to the sheeples. The sheeples are kind of prodded around by fear and they're afraid of change and they're kind of aware that there's more to this reality, but yet they're a human, human being having a spiritual experience. And then once you move into the peoples, you become a spiritual being having a human experience and it transcends all races, you know, because it's that divine source of love light energy that's within all of us. And you don't start seeing people as separation, you know, color, race, sex, religion, anything. You just realize that it's love, you know, and the more you can experience and feel love, that transcends it. So I feel that. Bruce Lipton's kind of mentioned this, that the new race on the planet is called humanity. You know, when, the, when we evolve into becoming the peoples and not the sleeples and the sheeples, a new race on the planet will be born called humanity. And it's all through the love light energy of love, realizing that that is God and that God is within all of us. And could the divine light is in everyone so yeah. uh, it, it needs something. Maybe our talk could help. Maybe something uh, uh, as we uh, share in our lives is happening and you don't avoid it, but you take it for the good. It's a, a stepway. It's, a, it's the next stone you can step on the way to your divinity. Yeah, so, truly. So I'm looking forward with the... Uh, not hope, but it's more than hope. It's not hope that it will come, but I feel already it's coming. I like what we are doing, sharing these energies. It's not only ideas and growing into realize that our choice, little choices, every choice, we are free to choose. Yeah. This what is given by divine, uh, uh, you are free. So choose uh, freedom, choose happiness, uh, and uh, uh, you will see how it uh, <laughs> feels. Yeah, you choose, choose fear and you will feel what it feels, yes? Uh, feels, yes. It becomes like an inner knowing that it's already been done, it's already happening and it's already gonna happen. And 
We just have to enjoy the ride, you know? Yes. And I love the Buddhist quote that there's there's no path to happiness. Happiness is the path. You know, it's Absolutely. in this moment. You can't be happy tomorrow. You're not going to be happy yesterday. It's what you do in this moment that creates your reality. It's not, you know, and we're, we're always getting trapped into the too busy that I have to accomplish. I have to do this, I have to do that. Well, try to do it in the, the state of happy in this moment, you know? <laughs> so I like to close uh, for today. I hope we will continue. And uh, please let uh, the audience uh, know, let us know where we can find you, how the Mindful Monday will go on or when or what can we do to meet in to talk? Be, I have been recording a few Mindful Mondays with a Reverend Coach Carla McClellan. And, and both of us have been, um, she's a unity minister ordained and she's a life coach, spiritual coach. And you can find them at Kurt B. Johnson, K-U-R-T-B Johnson on Facebook. Um, I also put them through on my Shaw Books Facebook page, S-H-A-W-B-U-C-K-S. And um, that's where you can find me. And uh, Mindful Mondays, I'll start doing the publish, publish, publish that Brian Rose has been teaching me for the last year and a few months because um, I have taken some of his other classes and uh, that's what we need to do, you know? So uh, that's where you can find me. And I, I truly enjoyed this time with you. You're a, a remarkable, amazing person. And I wish you the best with your, your podcast. Thank you, Gordon. All the best for your business and for your future, your family, and for yourself. Uh, these are great times, and it's really worth to step forward, to step beyond fear. Thank you. And I look forward to having you on my show, because I'm going to get back in it, and I would love to have you. It will happen. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Kurt. Bye.